Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, Anthony Edwards' international domination. It continued in Abu Dhabi over the weekend with wins over Greece and a come-from-behind victory over Germany on Sunday. Ant scored 34, including the game-winning dagger towards the end of the game. We're going to break that all down, plus some early schedule notes and also thoughts on other Timberwolves players in international competition over the last few days. It's all coming to the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA or enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA for a free white tech hat with any Bird Dogs purchase. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs. We promise you. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend and a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. Of course, you can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today to watch Lockdown Wolves along with all the other Minnesota Lockdown shows. And again, that's on both your Roku or your Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, CK. Yet. I want to spend most of the show today talking about Team USA and specifically about Anthony Edwards. Uh, hopefully you had the opportunity to watch some of the um, to, to watch some of this weekend's basketball um, internationally. Uh, Anthony Edwards was fantastic, really good on Friday, like very literally fantastic on Sunday in the come from behind win over Germany. So I want to I want to start there and again, spend most of the show talking about it because this is um on the one hand, some of the stuff Ant did this weekend is is not unfamiliar to Timberwolves fans, right? Like we've seen him take over late in games. We've seen the shot making, the pull up threes in transition, in big moments, um, the passion, not you know going through guys at the rim, getting to the line in big spots. Like all this stuff is stuff that Ant did last year, but doing it on this stage. And doing it on a team full of other, like, not necessarily superstars. Remember, only four of the 12 guys on the Team USA roster have been all-stars, and nobody's been on an all-NBA team. But still a team of peers and guys who think of themselves in that same way, right? Like, nobody on Team USA, except for, like, Bobby Portis, right? And I'm sure there's maybe a couple other names that I'm I'm not looking at a list of, who, of the roster right now. Just, like, there aren't very many of those guys that would be like, yeah, I'm a role player. All those guys think that they're the guy on their particular teams, right? Brandon Ingram. Jalen Brunson, um, you know, Cam Johnson, I guess maybe a little bit more in the role player type category. But for the most part, you're talking about guys who are legit starting caliber players on NBA playoff teams. And Ant is the one who's taking over at the end of games. We've seen it now a couple of times in exhibition play throughout FIBA. Um, Now, I, I should also say the fact that Ant's showing out on this stage, albeit exhibition, but still internationally on, on a team with uh, a fantastic roster and an all-star coaching staff. That also shouldn't be surprising to Timberwolves fans. It might be to, to you know, the, the national announcers and people that don't regularly watch Anthony Edwards. But Timberwolves fans know that Ant plays best when it's a big game. 
we know that the random Saturday matinee against the Spurs in April, we may not get A plus Anthony Edwards. But if it's a primetime game on ESPN, if it's a playoff game, if it's a play in game, if it's an international exhibition, you're going to get A plus Anthony Edwards. And A plus Anthony Edwards is a really, really good player. On Friday, Team USA beat Greece in an exhibition. It was pretty much a blowout. It was a blowout. Um, I believe it was a wire-to-wire win, basically, for Team USA. And Ann had 21. It was a team uh, team high 21. Not a whole lot to say about that game. He scored in a variety of ways. I think he only had maybe one non-paint two. I know he had an elbow and one that was just barely in the paint, but mostly was scoring at the rim, had a couple of threes in the second half. Um, it was just a, a well-rounded Anthony Edwards and Team USA performance. I think there were... I think everybody in the roster scored and like five guys in double figures, just a well-rounded win in a game. Obviously no Giannis playing for Greece. So this, this should have been an easy win. And it was Sunday, the team USA took on Germany and, and got up early, but then was down, had a bad second quarter, pretty lackadaisical on both ends was actually down double figures at halftime. Team USA actually trailed by as many as 16 points in the third quarter against Germany on Sunday. And Germany had played on Saturday. So they were playing on the second day of a back-to-back. Team USA had last played Friday morning, so they essentially had two days off. Um, and it, it wasn't a good start. And Ant had 11 in the first quarter. He had, uh, it was over 20, you know, midway through the third quarter. But they were down 16 in the third. And credit the, the uh, Timberwolves. I'm counting how many times a show I do this. That's the first time this show. Um, credit Team USA's bench, because actually, they, when they were down 16, it was the it was the bench unit with Ant sitting on the bench pretty much that got Team USA really back into the game when they were down 16. Ant was part of the early push. He hit the bench late in the third quarter and it was Tyrese Halbert and it was Austin Reeves, especially those two that really carried Team USA uh, to be within a couple of possessions. And then eventually they were still down seven pretty actually midway through the fourth, like six ish minutes left in the game. Team USA was down seven still. And that's when Ant really took over and there were some big buckets along the way. And yes, he finished with, 34 points on 21 shots. But down the stretch, he had a couple of threes in transition, and he had that... Um, now, uh, Mikel Bridges hit the go-ahead three, but then Anthony Edwards hits that dagger. I think it put him up five on the left baseline, and, and he had gotten to that turnaround earlier in the game. I think it was third quarter. And just a beautiful swish. Turnaround where the double came. He felt the double, and he turned baseline. It was almost reminiscent of Kevin Garnett um, I mean, almost a Kobe-like turnaround on the baseline, and I don't say these things lightly. That's what it looked like. Same situation, except for it was almost like secondary break. Ant was kind of trying to push the pace a little bit, got to that spot, clearly wanted to get to that spot on the left side of the floor, hit the turnaround, it rolled around the rim and down, and uh, counts the same as a swish does, turns out. And just a phenomenal shot that basically was the dagger in this game. Germany made things a little bit interesting down the stretch, but that pushed the lead to, I think, three possessions at the time. Just a a cold-blooded shot, a difficult shot. He'd also gotten to the line a couple of possessions prior when it was a one-possession game, kind of bully ball in the lane, and was uh, rewarded with free throws. This is, by the way, another thing that I, I, I don't think we should um, gloss over is the free throw shooting for Anthony Edwards. He was 8 of 8 in this game, and Wolves fans know, well, he's been a good free throw shooter for his career, and he was, what, 76-ish percent last year. He was like around 60, like in the low 60s percent in March and April last season. It may be even all-star break on. Like the numbers weren't great. Actually, I recorded the Timberwolves preview with Josh Lloyd of Lockdown Fantasy Basketball the other day. And he had the stat. And, and Wolves fans know it wasn't good down the stretch or in the playoffs. The Anthony Edwards free throw shooting was was shoddy at, at best. That's being kind. Uh, but 8 of 8 in this game, 
I think most of them were clean. Um, he's got that release that he started doing during last season where his foot, it's almost, who's it James Harden that, that does this where his foot almost clears, almost crosses the, the, uh, the actual free throw line before the ball reaches the rim, which of course would be a violation. Uh, like Shaq used to, it's almost like that. It's not, obviously the release isn't as ugly as Shaq's, but the, the, the foot crossing the line. Um, but all that to say eight of eight from the line, he finished with 34 on 11 of 21 shooting four of eight outside the arc, a perfect eight of eight at the line. He also had six rebounds in this game, two assists, two blocks, only one turnover. I want to talk about that a little bit more. He only had the two assists, but he should have had more. And it remains my the most impressive thing to me in this in FIBA so far, in terms of Anthony Edwards specifically, is his passing ability and the way he's seen the court. So I want to talk a little bit more about that, his final line. I do want to touch a little bit on other Timberwolves players playing internationally right now. There's some interesting Carlton Town stuff this weekend. Uh, but in general, I want to... I want to talk about other Wolves players. We'll talk to, about some schedule stuff here in a little bit as well. Uh, so we'll get to that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs absolutely make you look good. They're stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through your thigh and leg. They give you a truly sculpted look. But I'll tell you what, they don't feel like khakis, right? Khakis can be really stiff and uncomfortable a lot of the time when you wear them. And uh, bird dogs are not that way. They actually feel like you're wearing basketball shorts. Uh, not I was actually wearing mine earlier today, and then I spilled a glass of water on them. So I just changed out of them. But running through the wash, I'm going to a concert tonight. I'm going to wear bird dogs to the concert. Like bird dogs are. I was just literally sitting around the house wearing bird dogs. I'm going to wear them to the concert later. I'm going to wear them when I go out later this week. Like they are. I and. I, Dead serious. The the perfect short to do everything in. Like you you want to sit around the house in them. You want to go out in them. You don't need to change multiple times throughout the day because they're absolutely comfortable. Uh, right now, you can go to birddogs.com slash NBA and enter the promo code LockdownNBA. You'll get a free white tech hat. I also have one of those. I'll maybe wear those uh, next show. That's Or wear that next show. Birddogs.com slash NBA. Again, the promo code is NBA. You'll get a free white tech hat. It's a really nice hat. Looks good. Comfortable. And trust me, when you get your first pair of bird dogs, you won't want to take them off. We promise you that. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day is we'll be back on Wednesday. And we are going to get to the schedule that came out mid last week. Towards the end of the show today, a couple of observations that I pulled from different folks um, that have analyzed the Wolves schedule very closely. But I want to give some of my own thoughts on Wednesday's show. We'll talk about that. Um, and, uh, of course, continue to keep it on international play. The Team USA plays, I think it's Friday morning is when they actually open, or maybe it's Saturday morning, pool play later this week. Uh, but plenty to get to here as we inch ever closer. We're only a month away from, from training camp, believe it or not. So lots to get to here later this week. And, again, we'll be back on Wednesday. All right. Continue to talk Team USA and specifically Anthony Edwards. Again, Ant had 34, six rebounds, two assists, two blocks, only one turnover. And I mentioned this a minute ago. Ant's playmaking and overall decision-making, the way he's seen the floor, to me, has been the most impressive part of FIBA. I actually don't think that he's really forced that many shots that didn't make sense. And, and you know, that, that happens for high-usage guards. Like, I mean, how many times, you know, I, I mentioned, well, I, I guess Kevin Garnett didn't do it a whole lot, but, like, there's plenty of high... I mentioned Garnett and Kobe earlier. Like, how many double-team shots did Kobe take? We're like, ah, well, it's Kobe. Ant's not quite to that level yet, but in big game situations, he kind of is. Beyond that, he wasn't making really any bad reads, like no forced threes early in the shot clock. 
Um, there was one, I guess, late in the game, late situation where the ball got tipped over ha- over the timeline. It was almost a backcourt violation. Low shot clock because of that. Ant took a rush jumper. Besides that, of his 21 shots, I can't think of another one where I was like, ugh, bad shot selection. The, the decision-making, there was actually multiple times where I actually said out loud to myself, oh, that's a really good pass. Like, that's a good decision. There was one where Ant was in the paint and kind of stuck in the air, but it's almost like he knew where he was going to go if he couldn't get, which is, of course, what you're supposed to do, right? Before you jump, you need to know, like, here's the plan, and if this doesn't work, here's my next. Like, he was going to try and score. The shot was covered, so he kicked it to the corner. I think it was Mikel Bridges in the corner, and and the, and they missed the shot, whoever it was. But it was the absolute right read where he, he left his feet, but knew what his plan A and plan B were, and he executed plan B. They just didn't make the shot. He only finished with two assists, but there were multiple times in this game where he made the absolute right pass, the right decision. There were a couple of baseline drives where he couldn't get a shot off, so he shoveled it to the corner for a three-point opportunity. Those types of things that I don't think we saw consistently last year. Now, I've also said before on the show, I thought that's the one area where he certainly incrementally improved, even if there were some other areas, overall efficiency, et cetera, that he didn't actually improve last season, even though he made the all-star team. But the decision-making and the feel in the half court absolutely have gotten better uh, from age 19, age 20 to age 21, and now age 22. And that's the most important thing, in my opinion, for somebody that's got all the physical tools and athletic gifts and just sheer raw ability. It's the feel. It's, it's the again, the decision-making. And it was pretty impeccable in this game for Anthony Edwards to take 21 shots to lead your team in minutes. He played 34 minutes. Nobody else played more than 29. There were only three players that played more than 27 minutes in this game. Ant had 34, and to only have a single turnover and shoot over 50% from the field, 11 at 21, four of eight outside the arc, eight of eight at the line. That is a clean game, ladies and gentlemen, a clean game. Two assists should have been higher. I think he probably should have had five, maybe six, but the team is saying missed some open shots. And in general, they actually shot the three pretty well in this game, 13 to 29. Uh, but there were some open missed shots. And, you know, Ant, again, the decision making was on point. And that has been the most impressive thing. We could say that about the Greece game a couple of games ago. That he, he's had a couple mixed in the exhibition, uh, pl- ex- exhibition play, if you will, for Team USA that has been just really, really good. Um, I mentioned earlier that Team USA made that late third quarter run with Ant on the bench. Well, for the game, this actually seems off to me, but I'm looking at the box score. It says that Ant had a plus minus of plus 37. Now, they also had that huge run. I mean, it can't be off, right? They had, what, an 18-0 run that was capped by that Ant dagger on the left side of the floor, or I think that was maybe to point sixteen. They scored another bucket to make it an 18-0 run. But a plus 37 for Anthony Edwards, the next best plus minus on Team USA, if this box score is correct, was Jaron Jackson Jr. with a plus 19. If you're a regular listener of Lockdown Wolves, you'll know that I take single game individual player plus minus with a million grains of salt. I think it's often misleading. But when it's that stark... When there's a guy who's a plus 37 and no one else is, a plus, is above a plus 19, my goodness, he had a game. Like, this was a really, really good Anthony Edwards game. Nobody else for Team USA. In fact, there are only three players in double figures. Therese Halliburton had 16 off the bench. Austin Reeves had 16 off the bench. I already talked about how they both played really well. Uh, Paolo Bancaro was good off the bench. Uh, Team USA played small quite a bit. Jaron Jackson actually had six blocks in this game in just 27 minutes. Um, but... An impressive comeback win when they were down 16 in the third quarter. Obviously, a game they should have won. I mean, Germany's got 
they've got NBA players, right? They've got the Wagners on their team. Um, they've, of course, I got Dennis Schroeder, uh, Daniel Tice. Like, there's guys on this team um, who who can score. Obviously, um, there's 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 clear NBA and, and borderline NBA talent. Uh, you know, they're probably a top 10, 12. I forget what they're actually ranked. I think they might be 10 or 11 internationally, but that's a solid team playing on a back-to-back. You know, USA shouldn't have had that much trouble with them, but uh, grand scheme, an impressive comeback performance by Team USA, and especially for one Anthony Edwards. All right, other Timberwolves players out throughout FIBA. Carl Anthony Towns had a big game late last week when the Dominican Republic beat Canada. He had like 20 points, eight rebounds, I believe. Um, really impressive. Canada was supposed to be this juggernaut with Jay Gilgis Alexander, among other NBA players, of course, also to kill Alexander Walker. Uh, but Cat led the Dominican Republic to that win. And then when they played Spain a couple days later, Cat was ejected. I didn't get to watch any of that game, but he only played 18 minutes, had 20 points and six rebounds before he picked up two technicals and was ejected from the game, which doesn't matter because it's exhibition and international play. But come on, Cat. Like, like, I don't know any of the context. Maybe it was completely, maybe it was completely innocent, not his fault. I don't know. I'm not saying it was or wasn't because I didn't see it. Uh, but, but Cat's got to he's got to clean up some of those uh, the extracurriculars when it comes to the officials. I think you know Wolves fans are well aware of that. But anyway, playing well for the Dominican and apparently very healthy, uh, looking really good. So uh, that's good to see that. Also, um, Kyle Anderson playing for China. China had gotten beat badly a couple of times recently, but. Um, uh, Kyle Anderson had 16 points, five rebounds, four steals last time out for Team China. So playing well, there's not a whole lot uh, of uh, NBA caliber talent on that team. Luka Garza, kind of the same deal for for Bosnia. Bosnia Herzegovina is playing, I think, actually well. I'm recording this, so they're about to play. They're in the, um, I guess, the final of the pre qualifying tournament against Poland, but they beat Israel by nine. Luka Garza had 24 to 11, shot nine to 12 from the field. Garza has been really, really good for Bosnia-Herzegovina. So uh, good to see for Luca as well. And uh, we talked about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's actually playing pretty well, mostly off the bench, I think, for Canada, but has has put up some good lines there. Um, so let, here's hoping for once actual pool play starts for some of these guys for continued, obviously continued health, continued strong play. But in general, Timberwolves players have played really well across the board thus far in international play. All right, let's close the show today by... Giving some quick schedule thoughts. Quick schedule thoughts. We'll spend more time on the schedule on Wednesday, uh, but that's what we'll do here to close out the show today. All right, the NBA regular season schedules came out on Wednesday last week, and we were talking FIBA Friday, talking um, whatever else happened at the end of last week. So didn't get a chance to dive deep into the schedule as of yet. Um, oh, yeah, the the athletic tiers. That's what it was uh, That that was more pressing. But just some quick schedule thoughts. I want to do more of a deep dive on Wednesday's show. And and I might even get to like actually predicting the start of the season for the Wolves. But preseason goes from October 5th to October 19th for the Wolves. They play early in the preseason because they're actually back in Abu Dhabi, which is where Ant and Team USA was last few days. They play a pair of games against the Dallas Mavericks on a Thursday morning and a Saturday morning in early October. Then back stateside for three additional um, preseason games, one at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks, uh, one at Target Center against uh, Maccabi. Um, I don't know how to say the last name. I should have researched that, and I didn't, so I'm not going to try it. Uh, not the last name, the team nickname. And then they play the Bulls at the United Center in Chicago on uh, Thursday, October 19th. So 
Five preseason games, which is pretty typical. Only one at Target Center because the international trip. And then the regular season kicks off on Wednesday, October 25th at Toronto, which is an interesting place to open the season. Toronto's an interesting team. Um, and then back home, the home openers three days later. They get Thursday, Friday off after the road opener to play at home Saturday night against Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat, which is a fun home opener on a Saturday night. Um, and then they, they go on the road for one and they come back for a four-game homestand. A difficult first couple of weeks, in my opinion, because you get Toronto. I mean, I guess who knows with them. You get Miami, Atlanta, another one of the kind of who knows. But then you get Denver, Utah, Boston, the Pelicans. That's a pretty tough opening week. But in general, the first portion of the schedule is really not all that crazy for the Wolves. In fact, um, our friend Matt Moore, who writes for the Action Network and also is one of the hosts of Locked On Nuggets, um, also hosts other podcasts, the Action Network, a uh, bunch of Nuggets stuff. But Matt Moore, who on Twitter you probably follow, is Hardwood Proxicism or HP at HP Basketball. He tweeted out last week after the schedules came out. He said the Wolves are going to be a buy early, sell late team. First half of the season, four back to backs, the fewest in the league. Only four back to backs in the first half of the season. Eleven rest advantage games, which is the most in the league. After the All Star break, which is twenty seven games post All Star break, the Wolves have seven. Back to back. So think about that. In the first, uh, what is that? The first 52 games, if I'm doing my, nope, 50, uh, 55 games. The Timberwolves only have four back to backs. In the final 27, they have seven back to backs and the second most rest disadvantage games. Now, last year, of course, the Wolves were actually pretty good at back to backs. Um, you know, so who knows? Like the Wolves don't always follow the way that you would expect. Uh, conventional wisdom to go, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, all that to say, Matt Moore says the Wolves will be a buy early, sell late team. I could see that because, again, the rest advantage thing is huge. And um, and some of those early contests are extremely winnable. Jack Borman, of course, the Canis Hoopus uh, and, uh, you know, uh, a friend of, of this show, um, he actually used to write with me back at Ducky with Wolves several years ago. Jack Borman said on Twitter, I think on Thursday, he said that the Timberwolves rest advantage overall have a gift. They have equal rest in 44 games. They have the rest advantage total in 23 games and only a rest disadvantage for the season in 13 games, which is uh, pretty fantastic, right? That's, that's, that's pretty fantastic for the Wolves to, uh, to have that advantage, um, rest wise. And, and again, last year, it maybe didn't necessarily make a difference, but especially early this year with as many Timberwolves playing international basketball as there are. You know, obviously, like your stars in Ant, Rudy, and Cat are all playing international. Um, but then your your next line of guys, right? Rudy, uh, Kyle Anderson, and then, you know, Luca Garza, who's on a two-way with the Wolves this year. For them to get a few extra moments of rest early in the season will be significant. Um, again, I want to dive deeper on the schedule later this week. But because uh, after that that first home stand, which I talked about being relatively difficult, then it doesn't really get that much easier with this road trip. The first long road trip, first multi-game road trip at the Spurs, of course, winnable. Then you get two consecutive away games at Golden State. You get the Suns and the Pelicans on that same road trip. Um, also of note, only five nationally televised games on either ESPN or TNT for the entire season. Now, of course, that changes. They add some as the year goes on. But the Wolves don't get their first one until I think it was January, if I'm not mistaken, um, is the first. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. I think January was the first. Yeah, January 18th is the first ESPN or TNT game for the Wolves, which is pretty crazy to me, especially coming off of, and who knows, maybe when this started to be said, it was before they knew, before the league knew Ant was playing internationally, because right now, 
the NBA conversation is pretty much centered on Anthony Edwards and to a lesser extent, the James Harden trade demand, right? Like what else are people talking about? Um, Anthony Edwards, people want to see Ant. Like there was even, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people talking about this on Twitter. Mark Jones of ESPN, of course, one of the play-by-play guys. And he also calls Sacramento Kings games. He tweeted out how he can't wait to call some Timberwolves games because of Anthony Edwards. Um, like, Ant is the conversation right now. And for him to not be on national TV till January 18th is kind of crazy. Not kind of crazy. It is crazy. So what I want to do Wednesday is break down the schedule into maybe chunks, like doing it by months or quarters or halves, whatever, is pretty arbitrary. Um, but I want to I want to try and break it down into bite, bite-sized portions and maybe start to come up with a, a range of wins at that point. I'm not going to give my official win projection quite yet, but I want to come up with something close to that as we kind of start to turn the page into, you know, actually next year. We'll do that on Wednesday's show. Friday, we'll talk a little bit more FIBA as actual FIBA play kicks off this weekend. Um, so that's what we have upcoming this week. Plenty to get to. There's also all kinds of win uh, prognostications out there now with the over-unders coming out over on FanDuel. We'll talk about those. Um, so there's there's plenty to to kind of uh, to go through here as we go on through the week. That's all we got for you today here on the show. Again, we'll be back on Wednesday and Friday this week. Um, that's what we're doing throughout August and the first part of September, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So be sure to tune back in. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.